Hello, and welcome to Literacy Landscapes. I'm your host, Johanna. On Literacy Landscapes, we re-examine literacy theory and watch it in action today. We'll give you an inside look into the classroom and take you outside to where play and practice meet. Literacy, and more generally, language is connected with everything we do. As a former New York City teacher, school and district administrator, and pre- and in-service teacher educator, I can tell you there's specific language in the field of education and in every field. My dissertation studies only enhanced my interest in discipline-specific literacies. I'm also interested in unpacking the domain-specific terminology and in understanding the language of art, music, creativity, and the writing process. I'm really excited about today's guest. Ronnie Diamondstein is an accomplished writer, library media specialist, uh, a children's book author, and so incredibly, it was such an honor to meet with her and to speak with her about her new book about Jackie Kennedy called Jackie and the Books She Loved. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. You'll also get some really great tips um, if any of you are kind of stuck in the writing process or feel a little bit like you need a little bit of a, a boost. I found this particular talk really inspirational, so stay tuned. I hope you enjoy. I am beyond honored and excited to introduce Ronnie Diamondstein to our podcast today, an accomplished library media specialist, children's book author, and past president of the Chappaqua Library Board and the board of the Children's Book Festival in Chappaqua. Her new book is called Jackie and the Books She Loved. And it is all about the former first lady, Jackie Kennedy. And I can't wait to talk about it. Welcome, Ronnie. Thank you so much, Joanna. I'm excited to be here today. I'm actually honored to be on the podcast. You really do such a wonderful job encouraging literacy, which is how I spent my life's work. And so I'm just delighted to be with you this afternoon. Thank you so much. So one of the first questions, and I have, you know, a lot of questions, but is there anything in addition to my bio that you'd like the audience to know about you? So I think that your bio, the intro was was great. I was a school library media specialist and teacher for 34 years and taught in the United States and abroad at an international school. And all along that way, I was always writing and creating writing opportunities for myself. So I think that's important to to mention too. And of course, you know, now I'm the children's book author in the next chapter of my life. I love that. And and there's definitely a through line that uh, I feel a, a, very much in common with you about this love of literature forever for my whole life and writing and books being special. Um, so my question to you that I ask every guest is about and, and it's tough for some of us, like me, I have 20 favorite books, but is there a children's book that resonates with you today? Um, I often think about The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein, for example. So it's interesting because I thought a lot about this. I, you know, am, and I'm also a, a libra- children's librarian. So I, there were so many books that I read later on that maybe were around when I was a child. But one of the stories I loved as a little girl was The Little Red Hen. And I think that kind of myself, you know, I'll do myself is kind of been my life's uh, story. 
So, and in fact, when I was two years old, my grandfather, uh, we lived in a two family house in Brooklyn and they were doing the banisters and I couldn't hold on to them. So my grandfather wanted to hold my hand and I said, no, myself, myself. And then he gave me the nickname of Mrs. Myself. So I don't know, I connected with the little red hen. But some of the other picture books I remember reading, loving Horton Hatches the Egg. And then when I was a little bit older, I remember my librarian at Circle Hill School in Comac, which doesn't exist anymore, Mrs. Galinsky handed me A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Langell. And I love that. And then she gave me Island of the Blue Dolphins by Scott O'Dell. And that was kind of a, that was a wonderful book. And then it turned out like many, many years later, I wound up becoming really good friends with Scott O'Dell's wife. He had passed away. And when I moved to Westchester after living abroad in the Netherlands, I met her and her name is Elizabeth Hall. And she's become such a good friend. In fact, my book, Jackie and the book she loved is dedicated to her. So that's that's a special book. And then of course the connection now with with Elizabeth being my good friend and she's 94 years old. And then I read a lot of other, I read Johnny Tremaine, I love that, and Amos Fortune, Free Man, and The Family Under the Bridge. And then I also loved learning about people. And there was a whole series in the 60s, uh, a biography series of children's books. They were you know, like a little chapter books about different people. And so I read a lot of those. I remember being fascinated with Abraham Lincoln and and even drawing, doing a book report about him and then drawing his pictures. So, but as a school librarian, one of the books, when I first became a librarian in the 70s at Pulaski Street School in, in Riverhead, New York, I came across the book Dominic by William Steig which is a book that I think is one of the best books I've ever read. I've given it to adults to read. I think everyone should read it. And so that's a book that I always like to mention is one of my favorite books, from, even though it wasn't from my childhood. I was just typing that title so I don't forget it. I feel like I read it a long time ago and I, I have a feeling I need to look at it one more time because obviously it's, it's a beautiful book. And I've read it several times, so mm. I highly encourage you to read it again and we can talk about it after oh, you read it. I'm looking forward to it. I ha I think I talk about this at every podcast, but I really think adults should read children's books, like yeah. full stop, period. Um, well, so I couldn't agree more. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I just, you know, I, I say this every time, but they just encapsulate encapsulate the human existence so beautifully and succinctly, um, both with visuals and words. Right. Agree. <laughs> As we do in the classroom, we do the hand gesture of like, agree, agree. Right. So you were a library media specialist and I'm, I'm interested because you have such a, a breadth of experience. What drew you to the role and what were your experiences like? So, you know, most librarians I know never really wanted to be librarians to begin with. So I got my degree in elementary education and English, and I had worked in the summers during college as a listener in the summer reading 
program that of my local library, the, the COMAC branch of the Smithtown Library on Long Island. And so when I graduated in 1974, it was really hard to get teaching jobs. So I worked in the library part-time and then I was subbing and then I needed to get a master's. And I thought, well, I'll get a master's in library science because then I have options. I can work in a public library or a school library. So basically that's what happened. And I was a library trainee in Smithtown Library and then ultimately I got a job, my first school library. I was, we were called library, school librarians then. You still can call them that. And that was in 1977 in Riverhead at Pulaski Street School, which was a fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. So Dominic was right in there for that. So, so I'm, I'm wondering, do you think that there are universal aspects to the role? Well, and or... Are they, is it changing in some way? Well, since I started back then, it's always been changing, which makes it interesting. You know, when I first started, we had the card catalog and you type out the the card catalog, the inch, you know, for each book and kids would sign that books on the card and that's how you did circulation. And then you used encyclopedias and other resources that were books more. And then as time went on, of course, technology came in and we started having computers and, you know, we did online research later on. And then, of course, we had um, automated circulation of books and everything. So, you know, it made it interesting because it wasn't a a stagnant kind of situation. You were always learning new things, which I think is important for people to always be learning. And as being lifelong learners, I think that's what we all should be in in, in lots of ways. So at that, and of course, reader advisory, like helping people. Reader advisory is something that we always do. And I did it when I first started and I did it till the very end. And that, you know, helping people getting that just right book for them. And then of course, the helping people with doing research and also as a school librarian, your support to the whole school and the teachers and everything. So that those are the things that are constant, but along the way, it's just how you do it. And you still love books. And as you can see, I love books and I have lots of books and I read books. I feel like it was a, I, I started as a high school English teacher, but I, I often say to myself, why didn't I go into a library media specialist? I feel like that was like the role meant for me. Um, it's not too late. It's not too late. <laughs> so I just want to hear a little bit about um, your inspiration for for writing in general. You've always been a writer and Jackie and the books she loves. I want to hear what brought you to Jackie and why, why Jackie? So, well, I've always been a writer. I've been writing since I was a child and I owe it, you know, and I wrote stories when I was little. And then when I was in high school, I joined the high school newspaper and there wasn't really something I could do. So I create, I went to the editor and said, you know, the juniors have a column, the seniors have a column. How about the sophomores having a column? And I can 
do that. And so he's, Bob said, yes, go ahead. So I created that writing opportunity. And then I always was, you know, interested in, in writing when I, I've been working on things like non, even fiction for, for years. I have tons of manuscripts that I didn't, haven't been sold. One almost came close. It was a science fiction fantasy, but didn't make it. And, and then when I was, I started to do some writing for a local magazine inside Chappaqua. And I then got my dog, Maggie Mae, who you probably saw on my website. And I had this idea for, for her to write a column. So I pitched the idea to the editor of the magazine and she liked it. And so we, I created this Maggie Mae Pupper Porter column. So I was working on that and working on other things. And then when I retired uh, 10 years ago, I really, I kept writing for magazines and still did Maggie's column. But then I was focused more on, on writing you know, I decided to work on some nonfiction picture books. And and actually before that, in so why Jackie, after when she died in 1994, I had an idea actually for a novel about her. And I was always very interested in, in the Kennedys. I was eight years old when President Kennedy was um, elected. And I was also very influenced by his... Um, inaugural address where he said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And that was something that, you know, I kind of lived by that. I Everything I did had something to do with service. I even won the high school senior award for excellence in service. And then, of course, I became a teacher and I got involved in, you know, community things, which I've done a lot of, as you mentioned even the Chapqua Library trustee. So I had this idea for a novel about Jackie and I started interviewing different people. I spoke to Ted Sorensen who worked for President Kennedy. And then I used to go to Martha's Vineyard and I got to know Margot Datz who illustrated the Carly Simons books that um, Jackie had edited. And when I was talking to her, she said, you know, you should really write a children's book about Jackie. And so I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm a children's librarian because I was still, you know, a librarian then. And I then wrote like a long chapter book size, did so much research on her. I have tons of books about her. And I tried to sell that and then I didn't get any place. So I put that aside for a while. And about five years ago, I had this idea. I saw how um, picture book biographies were a, becoming a really great genre. So I had been working on another one. And then I started working on this one about, about Jackie and um, the rest is history. I, wrote it, got an agent during the pandemic and and they they sold it and I signed my first contract for a book at age 70. So there you go. Wow. Round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> Your story is really inspirational because 
And it happens to a lot of writers, you know, you, you, you have these manuscripts and you send them out and you don't get the response you want, you know, as an academic, like writing academic work, you, you get desk rejections a lot or revise and resubmit. And, you know, it can be such um, a demoralizing process. How did you keep the morale going? What, what advice do you have for the audience on like um, what to do? You know, I think you have to, you know, well, I had my wonderful friend, Elizabeth Hall telling me, you know, you're a good writer, just, you know, keep at it, you have to write every day. And you you can't, it's hard to be to really do this, but you can't take it per the rejections personally, because it's so subjective, the, the business, it's like, who reads it, what they like, what if they don't like your style and you know this book got rejected by someone who an editor who thought would people even be interested in her and yet you know my editor at sky pony press nicole frail who was wonderful she loved it and we created a a beautiful book so i think it's just keeping busy and one of the things that I did, I didn't really, well, I did it a little bit in the past. I took some, I joined the Society for Children's Book Writers and Illustrators and would watch, well, it was mostly during the pandemic, watch their the conferences and the different webinars that they had. And I even did a, a couple of workshops online with them and had work critiqued. So I think things like that help. And also I now belong, I joined last year a group online called 12 by 12 Picture Book Challenge. And that has such a great sense of community. And there's there's like a thousand people from all over the world in it. And that's been a wonderful resource and community. And I think for if you there are a lot of people who haven't were in that group who haven't published yet. And I think, you know, we're all there to support each other. And that's what's great, I think, about the children's book community is everyone is very helpful to each other. It doesn't seem like, <clears throat> excuse me, very competitive. I, I have noticed that in, in interviewing a few individuals that it really is a wonderful community, the, the children's book writing community. I want to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a part of this. Um, so I'm trying to work on a manuscript uh, of teachers to support secondary teachers. But yeah, I want to be part of your group. <laughs> is there, you know, obviously it's hard to to have a favorite, but I'm wondering, is there a favorite part of the book? Is there a part of your book or a section that really is just special to you? So that's interesting. Well, one of the things I love about the book is that when I wrote the, you know, it went through so many revisions mm -hmm. and edits. And when I first wrote it, I love quotes. If you go to any of my social media every day, I post uh, mostly quotes about kindness. And then on my website, I have a quote of the day for writers. And I had a lot of Jackie quotes. And at the end, they really couldn't fit into the narrative. So Nicole, my editor said, what should we do with them? And I said, how about putting them on the end papers? And we did that. And then I said to her, well, Jackie's personal stationery was this Smithson 
blue powder blue stationery. So I said, can we make this? The um I didn't make the connection. I love it. Yeah. Well, because I'm really interested in details. And so, and this was so funny. Bats Langley, who's the illustrator, did a great job. He sent me a message one day and he said, or I think he, he may have done it through uh, the editor. Uh, and he said, do you know the Pantone color for the Smith, for the, the, the blue? So what I wound up doing is I found the Smithson blue and then I went to Pantone and I tried to match them up for him. So um, we got that pretty close, I think. So what do I love about, um, one of the things, well, I love that I have, that I got permission from her, Jackie's daughter, Ambassador Caroline Kennedy, to include the poem that she wrote when she was a child, Sea Joy. And what else do I love? And... I also love that she encouraged, well, one of the things, Jackie encouraged Carolina John to read great writers and poets. And then there's another, as a mother, she hoped that her love of books would inspire her children, Caroline and John, making them readers too. And then, of course, she encouraged them to read great writers. And then because she used to do this as a child. And as she had done as a child with her grampy Jack, for her each birthday or holiday, Caroline and John would write or choose a poem for their mother, illustrate it, and paste it in a special scrapbook. So I think what I loved about her was just how much she loved books and how much she nurtured her children to love literature. Because Caroline Kennedy wound up compile doing several books. One of them was one that I is one of my resources. It was um, the best love poems of Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis. And then Caroline did a couple of books also for of children's poetry. So that's something that I think um, was pretty wonderful about her. And then Jackie especially enjoyed editing books by young women writers. Many of her books address women's contributions to history. Jackie was ahead of her time. And uh, so during her career in publishing, Jackie edited books for children of all ages, including whimsical tales, books about ballet, modern dance, Hollywood, French writers, pop stars, different cultures, and art. All were things that Jackie loved. She edited nearly 100 books, many of which were bestsellers. She loved having a career and showing her children how important it is to have work you are passionate about. And then your readers will have to, your listeners will have to get the book. But what I also love is we couldn't like mention in the narrative all the books that she edited, but we, the bats did a great job of, of including them in the art and also in how he, and also the books that she read as a child, some of them you'll see in a very special last spread of the book, which I'm not going to say exactly what it looks like. People will have to look That's right. really special. No spoilers, right? I'm I'm going to try not to spoil too much, but I really, there you clearly, there is love in this book. 
there is a reverence and a care and the detail, the, the details were amazing. I was very impressed. And I also want to give kudos to your illustrator. I'm, I'm, the book really wowed me on a number of levels. Yeah. And from the very beginning, it was evident to me. I actually, I was surprised, actually. I learned a lot about just how much she did behind the scenes. And the details you added really made me realize she was very, quite um, powerful and did so much in terms of helping to write her husband's speeches. And, you know, I saw a thread, as you mentioned, of like, you know, female empowerment throughout the text, which was really special to me. So I want to, I'll talk about that, but I want to just say one thing, because you mentioned that we had, and and all the details in the yeah. book, <clears throat> we had what I call a marvelous collaboration. Because I have such an extensive collection of books about her, and I was able to send him a lot of pictures, like, for example, on the cover, there's a statue of a horse. And I had gone to the the Sotheby's auction display when after Jackie died, her children were selling a lot of her possessions. And there was a catalog that came with the, with the, at the auction. And I had that catalog and in it, it had photographs of her apartment in New York city. And that statue that's on the cover is a statue that was on her piano. And so I, you know, had a picture from one of the books her cousin wrote about her, of her Grampy Jack Bouvier that I sent to Bats. And then this is kind of a funny story. One day, normally we corresponded through Nicole, our editor, because, and that's another thing. It's not very usual that the author and illustrator collaborate, but because of my being quote unquote, a Jackie expert, they thought, and I had all these things. I was really helpful to him. He he asked me, do you know what kind of cake she had for her birthday? And I said, yes, I do. I have the book Cooking with Madam by Marta Scubin, who was the nanny for the children. And then she stayed on and she cooked for them. And she had written a cookbook and it had, you know, the recipes in it and lots of photographs. And in fact, the cake the cake that's in the book is pretty much looks like the cake that that that's in that book and the, the photograph. So, and when I had my book signing locally at Susan Lawrence here, the the owner, it's a gourmet place, and he had the chocolate cake that was Jackie's birthday cake that was served to people. So, back to your question about empowerment. Well, yes, think about this. This was in nineteen. 63 or 62 in 1960 when in the early 60s and here was Jackie who really transformed the role of first lady and she also started the White House Historical Association and you know a detail in the book about how you know she felt there needed to be something for children to take home from the White House so she had created the White House guidebook and actually have some of the original ones that from the 1960s. So she did a lot of wonderful things. And even later on, she was, you know, she's famously known. And that's one thing that isn't mentioned any place in this book was how she helped save Grand Central Station. That was one of the things that she did. And there's a plaque for her in Grand Central. 
In fact, a lot of times when I tell people I wrote a book about Jackie, especially living in Westchester, which is close to the city and a lot of people commute. I had so many people, commuters say to me, well, you know, there's a big plaque and she saved Grand Central. And I said, yes, but it didn't exactly got as many details in about her in this book, but that was one thing that wasn't in here. So it's really interesting that you said that about empowerment because I'm, I can't get into the details, but I heard from somebody I knew who is very involved with a, she loved that she, she was a widow like Jackie and she felt like this showed like what a widow could do because she was a widow twice and that was some form of empowerment. And actually this has made the, this woman think about like what she can do to help people and, and do something special. And I think that, you know, I'm really interested that you saw that also, because, you know, sometimes when you're writing something, you know what you're doing and, but you're not always, afterwards you reflect back on it. And then when you get feedback, like from you and from this other uh, friend who, you know, just saw something in it that I wasn't even thinking about that her being a widow and, and really, this was a labor of love because, like I said, I really admired President Kennedy and how the the uh, influence he had on my life. And also, I admired her for how she, you know, persevered and and the things that she did. And the fact that she decided to go to work, she didn't really need she didn't need it financially. She did it because it was something interesting to do and. She was a brilliant person. There's no question about that. And and I, from what I understand, because Peter Cease, who was one of the, she that's one of the last books she worked on, his book, The um, Three Golden Keys, about his life in Prague. He's a very famous children's book author and illustrator. And he thought she was, an, you know, such a wonderful editor. He was, she said she was like a, you know, a, a author whisperer, and he just had such a great experience working with her. So, and the other thing was, and it, we mentioned in the book, she really didn't want any notice for the books. It was all about the author. And I think that's a credit to her. So I learned, I didn't know about her editing. Your book taught me about that. And, and I realized that isn't like she, she was very understated, right? Very understated about all of the things she did and yet had such an impact on so many people's lives. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, Think about all the books. I mean, she edited nearly a hundred books wow. and a lot of them were by women. She liked, you know, doing that and and interesting subjects so that's that's great i i've heard that from other people too that they they didn't know she was an editor they just think of her as you know the first lady giving the tour of the white house and yeah and, i mean great and, sense of style <laughs> yes, exactly yes fashionista and the sunglasses and oh. uh, you know and then of course everyone remembers her well or if you were alive you remember her from the 
from when President Kennedy died and how she um, really uh, led the nation in mourning and the research that she did going to find out, like, what did they do for Abraham Lincoln? You know, what, how the, the rider, the riderless horse and, and all of that. And she, you know, was pretty remarkable. So thank you. Yes. And your, your book just, it just does an incredible job of, of honoring her and teaching us. The illustrations are incredible. The book is Jackie and the books she loved. And I understand, are you going to be at the Chappaqua Children's Book Festival? Well, I was at the one uh, in last September and uh, we just got our invitations and I plan to be there on uh, September 28th, I think it is. It's the last Saturday in um, in September. I'll tell you that. And it's in Chappaqua. It's an amazing event. You've been there, so you know. Yes. And Incredible. it's interesting because it started, this is the 11th, one and it started with we had oh yes September 28th Saturday we started with about 45 authors illustrators and last year we had 180 I'm not sure how many are coming this year because they just Dawn Greenberg who's the executive director and is in charge just sent out the invitation so We'll see how many people are coming. And I expect there's going to be a special. They were, last year, they had Mary Pope Osborne and the Magic Treehouse was there. And I think we're having some big surprise, very popular children's book author this, this fall. So I think if you're in the tri-state area, please come. But people travel from all over to come. I mean, I've met people from you know Massachusetts and Pennsylvania coming and um, somebody from the Midwest these one of the book mommy mommy book bloggers was uh, coming from uh, Chicago to the book festival because I think it's gotten the reputation of being one of the best in the country definitely the biggest in the, the northeast but it's a lot of uh, work and it's a lot of caring and, and uh, support from the community that makes it a big success. It really is. And it's been amazing to see over the years it grow and grow and grow and, and become um, what it is now. And it's so organized. I have to, it's very impressive. It's very oh, well, well organized. What was interesting for me is, you know, for so many years I was involved with it and I knew what we did to make it great for the authors. And so last year being an author, I got to feel the the love and the support from the volunteers. It was really, it made me so happy because I said, oh, it really is great what we were doing. And, and it is, it's very special. It's really special. So a lot of kudos to Dawn and all the board and all the people in the community who helped make it happen. And there's lots of fun things to do there for kids too. So yes, I, my daughter was a little younger when we went and there were activities and she was just so excited. Um, so I want to thank you, Ronnie. It, it was just an absolute honor and pleasure. Um, I'm just 
I, everyone has to go get the book. I'm going to link all of your information in the show notes. <laughs> well, one of the things I also want to mention it with the book is on my website, you probably noticed this. I have lots of activities that yes. kids can do and that teachers can use this book. It's a great book to launch writer's workshop and reader's workshop. One of my dear friend, Maureen Cheeseman, who's a third grade teacher in White Plains, uh, that's where I worked in my last job in White Plains School District. And, you know, I talked to her about, you know, how's the best way for teachers to use the book. And, and that was one of the, I felt that those, it was good for those things. And she was, I worked with her on, on exactly like, what's the best way to um, get that information to teachers. And the links are all on my, on my website. And it, you know, and, and even just parents and caregivers can go on and, you know, download the, there's free, you can, little activities that kids can do. And they could write like Jackie, be a, a photo journalist like Jackie and be an editor like Jackie. So I love that so much. I want to do all of the above. <laughs> that's on my website and it's Ronnie, R-O-N-N-I, Diamondstein, D-I-A-M-O-N-D-S-T-I-N.com. It's my website. So thank you. Thank this you. was really great fun. It was so much fun. And I'm definitely going to link all the information so that the audience can click on your link and, and download all those great resources and get your books. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Literacy Landscapes podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Thanks so much to my son, Max, and his amazing teacher, James, for the theme song you're listening to today. Be well. Bye. Thank you.